Good morning, and that was a little bit of a tune for you to get you back into the Wednesday love of things. We are back on Rookies and Rockstars, and it has been a busy, it was a busy October, and we are starting November very well. I am too excited and delighted by who we have with us in studio today. But before we go there, I just have some recaps just to remind you of things that are going on. So if you're wanting to get involved in any kind of entrepreneurial event, remember that tomorrow is Tomorrow Entrepreneurs Event with Jean and his whole team. That'll be at the Microsoft head office. It is only 50 Rand. Or if you don't have the 50 Rand, you can donate a book to the Booth Trust, which is super cool. So that is happening tomorrow. We had Jean in with us last week. I attended the first Tomorrow Entrepreneur event, and it was amazing. They had Steve Cohen, MD of Sage, speaking. They had a Microsoft speaker, and they also had another gentleman. I don't actually recall, but that's what happens when you speak with Steve Cohen. You kind of fizzle out. No jokes. But anyway, so... Back to, back to just reminding you about that. Tomorrow Entrepreneur, you can go onto their website, you can book your tickets there. And also the music event, we interviewed ex-pop idol and musician forward slash entrepreneur Justin Sorrell. The Mo Rock music event is happening on the 15th of November. And you can also go onto their Facebook page on the Hill Mo Rock Festival and you can find out where to buy tickets for that. Jawbone will be involved in the operational side. So super keen for that. Gangs of Ballet, A-King, Justin Sorrell, awesome lineup. So just to remind you about those two events from the previous guests that we've had on our show. But today... There's just so much to talk about. I'm so excited. But let me just introduce you who, to who we have. Debbie Jones, I was introduced to by her son, who's also with us today. Debbie has come from a leading South African banking finance background with one of the blue chips. And I said it earlier, if any of you saw on Facebook or via Twitter, that she took a leap from the corporate world into developing her own business as an entrepreneur and we want to chat about that. But before we do, welcome, Debbie. It's awesome to have you. Jay, thank you very much. Um, I really appreciate your time. Yay. Um, Debbie also was nominated for Businesswoman of the Year a couple of years back. So now you know what you're dealing with. You're dealing with someone who's very wise, very on top of the entrepreneurial game and understands a lot about business. So we want to encourage you to listen and to take down anything that you can that would be helpful for you in your business. But before we get there, also Ryan, I mean, I met Ryan a couple of weeks ago at a very cool uh, JT Fox coaching event through Darby, one of our mutual friends who runs a wonderful IT business. And we've kind of stayed connected, I think mainly because we're both from Derbs, and that's pretty <laughs> cool. So welcome, Ryan. Thank you very much. Cool. So, um, Debbie, I think one of the things that we were chatting about there's just so much. So we're going to kind of start with, with yourself. And sure, I mean, it, it really does. The sigh comes because I see it so much in this country. There's, there's so many businesses that should happen that don't because individuals are so bound either by their job and the safety of what that salary means to them or they actually just don't know how. So I just want to start with you. I know that your journey began many, many moons ago, but I really feel that your transition and speaking into what that meant for you and how you did that and how you coped with that is is important for people who are in the same place. Absolutely. Um, if I may say, Jade, it's never it's never an easy journey, and I need to tell entrepreneurs that anybody out there who's looking to get into business, or if you are in business, it's never going to be an easy journey. Mm. The most important I can say is that I've not done it on my own. It's been with the help of a lot of support. A lot of entrepreneurs around me and most importantly with mentors. So if anything, if I can encourage, find people you trust 
around you that you believe have done this or partly walked the journey before you. Mm. And that really is how I believe businesses are built, not by anything just based on your skill or knowledge. No, not at all. Okay, so, I mean, are we... It was. We don't. We don't. We don't have to mention the actual. It's, it's up to you if you want to mention where you came from. Are we allowed to or not really? I'm very happy to okay. give recognition to that. I think uh, awesome. with, with all due respect, I come out of the uh, those days Barclays and uh, which became First National Bank. So we were one of the sort of core when the whole name changed, and there was lots that went around that. So we learnt a lot out of that, and then it went on to um, the merge with Rand Merchant Bank. So yes, um, I've worked, walked out of a, a sort of a very corporate blue chip, as you mentioned. But I give recognition to that because the training, the support, the expertise, the mentoring has really allowed me to go and do what I do today. Absolutely. Wonderful. And so how, how long were you there? I was in the banking sector for just over 20 years. Wowzies, hey? Yeah. And then what was it? What was the trigger? What was the trigger that kind of said, cool, this has been amazing. I've learned. I've watched. I've been able to associate myself with other leading corporate leaders or whatever you call them. Um, I think number one is, as many entrepreneurs will probably say this, it comes out of number one and a frustration perhaps. Number two, I think the most important is we all want to be a someone out there, which is more than just working in a job. Um, I was raised in a, a family which is very entrepreneurial. My father owned many, more than one business in actual fact. So I always knew someday I would own business. But how I was going to do it, I never knew. And I didn't know even the how. So going through the finance or the banking sector at the time, I think was a key thing that I knew there was going to be something more. And in my early 30s, I was put onto a what they call a leadership development program within the banking sector. And within the seven days of doing that program, I quickly found out that I was – there was a lot more to just what I wanted to achieve and what I wanted to do and the difference I could make out there. And I loved the environment of working with business owner entrepreneurs. I really loved that and I needed to get out there to do what I really felt passionate about. That's awesome. And I think one of the things that I liked when we were chatting offline and what you asked me about Cliff Central, which I don't think enough entrepreneurs ask themselves, yes. is why. I mean, you said to me, why, why does Cliff Central exist? You know, what is its, de what is its purpose and what's the why? And in our own business, we're, we've just kind of been through that journey in the last six months and it's been tough, but it's also been so exciting because unpacking your why kind of dictates so much of your direction and route. So when you knew your why, which is what you've just said, yes. what happened from there? Once I sort of learned a little bit more um, as to what I wanted to achieve, um, you know, and typically in banking, we, we are approached as bankers because the outside market, and I had relationships, clients, been networked. One of my biggest things that I wanted to do is obviously get out there and speak to more people, make them more aware that there was more to banking than standing in a queue, bank charges, and all the stuff that we had to deal with in banking. There was just so much more to it. And the banks in this country have they, they it's a big, big opportunity, I believe, for the banks to really get out there and communicate more with their clientele. So that's really why when I look at going back, yes, I wanted to get out there and I've met with clients that kept seeing where I could probably go and one day somebody sat me down and just said, Debbie, if you ever look to get out, I'd employ you and I said, Why would I want to go from one employment to another? I would rather want to do something for myself. And, you know, what I always say the law of attraction, it came along and the opportunity was to sort of get out there and be supported, which I was. I was given a six-month backup to prove myself, but at the same time, to back me up, I had to prove a lot of things. And I worked very, very hard. So my first two years was flat out. Mm. Hours, sacrifice of my children, my family, but I put everything into it because I don't believe today getting into business for a paycheck is actually going to make it. You've got to get out there with passion, purpose, and you've really got to go out and make a difference because sometimes the paycheck doesn't arrive for a long time. <laughs> don't we know it? Absolutely. So <laughs> I want to just encourage business owners, if that's one thing you're looking to do to get out corporate or, or make a difference out there in something that you believe is an idea, purpose, or a value, don't do it for the money because I didn't do it for the money. And I really feel that's probably in some ways the journey I've walked. And I try and instill that in not only my children and my family, but into my staff, my team and the support around me. That's awesome. So just just backtracking to, to one thing you said there was 
that during that time you were allowed a six-month buffer, but a lot of people don't have that. So what kind of insight or learning, despite you having had that, would you say they can mentally or what are the kind of to-do points that they can execute to get that help because a lot of people don't have the six month buffer. Let's be fair. No, absolutely. And that's, that is the biggest thing about entrepreneurship, that initial risk. I mean, if you think about just this organization here on its own, you know, the leap to come out of the SABC, create an entire brand, the fixed costs, the new stuff, this that we're sitting in. I mean, that's also another case study on its own, but what do they do if they don't have the six month buffer? Very good question. Um, in many, many ways, when you look at what I was able to go out and do, whilst I had probably 20-odd years, I never took a pension and utilized it. I'm very, very clear. I've come out of the finance background, so that was never, ever my way of coming out and saying, let's use that. No. I installed everything into myself to ensure that I reduced my overhead, number one. Mm-hmm. I had to reduce my overhead. I had to make it as minimum as possible so that I didn't have to know that it – Three months down the line, I couldn't afford to pay the bill because at the end of the day, there's still survival whilst you're out there being an entrepreneur. But the most important part is when somebody said to me and that person who's really in business with me today and who's a very, very big part of it, that person said to me, I'm prepared to back you for six months because I can see your potential. I know you can do it. Trust me, to, to have somebody say to you financially will support you, but you've got to prove that, meaning you are still responsible. Accountable, yeah. Absolutely. So number one, I whilst you can go out there and say six months is tough to actually set up a business financially, you've got to go out there and actually let people see your worth. You've got to actually make people aware of your value. Wonderful. And you've got to prove it. You've got to make that promise and you've got to make it happen because there's no turning back once you're out there. And then it's just a matter of go and survival. And that's what I did. Absolutely. So you left the banking world and you found a gap for the, you, you've set up three peaks, which is, I, I was, I mean, Ryan sent me all the information. It's, it's remarkable what the portfolio hosts. I mean, maybe Ryan, maybe you can, we can obviously come back to, to your mom and chat around what gaps she saw when she was doing this, but how have you found being able to be part of developing all the different you know, areas or, or rather service offerings with your mom. How have you found that? Because I know you love it. I mean, you mm-hmm. you are wonderfully and fiercely active on, on Twitter and with all your clients and with what you've gained. I know now you guys have got CrossFit, which is amazing uh, across the country. But I mean, how how are you finding... Number one, you've got a, you've got a, a kind of a competitive advantage having your mom. But I mean, you on your own with your passion and determination, how are you finding having developed this whole new business with your mom? Well, yeah, I think it's been an incredible opportunity. Like you said, I've got, uh, my mom sitting to my left here that, uh, you know, as an authority in our industry. So that for one puts a lot of belief in, in me, uh, knowing the track record that we have been able to set up. Another belief system is that the ladies and the, and the, and the support engine that I got behind me, Within the debiture system, obviously that that obviously allows for a lot of drive, but um, yeah, also just an internal drive to to call it dominate the space, um, just to you know make sure that it's brand awareness, make sure that the, the brand is known, and that yeah we're seeing the evolution of this brand assisting a lot of companies out there. So the more people I can meet in in the faster space of time, the, the better. <laughs> awesome. So I think we will we will. I, I want to unpack exactly what the solutions are, but just just back to you, Debbie. In terms of your, you, you also touched on on another word, which was mentorship. What do you? We we spoke about this last week, and I really think, and I'll say it again, I really think that entrepreneurs are kind of overanalyzing it and looking at it as something that they can't get their hands on. And like whether you're from an underprivileged area or you're in a family which is completely not entrepreneurial and there's no one within your own circle to tap into, I really don't want it to be that. So what are any kind of key insights you can offer to someone who actually doesn't even know where to start to find a mentor? Where do you, who do you ask? Where do you go? Because you see, you're speaking in in reality, I mean, your your situation is is rare and a privilege. You Absolutely. had people around you. I had people around me, but not everyone does. Absolutely. So mentor wise, 
not everyone can also afford the coaching, you know, which is another whole separate subject on its own. What would you suggest someone do if they really are keen to follow and shadow somebody and have that mentorship, even if it's one meeting a month where they want to follow their own dreams, but they don't know who to be mentored by? Once again, a very good question because that was probably one of the first questions I asked. Um, whilst you're quite right, we are supported by family, friends, mm-hmm. people you trust. What I'd always uh, sort of want to say, number one, is when you found a mentor, you know, people, you've just you've just said it yourself. Mentoring is considered to be something someone else can afford. It's not something that will, that I'm privileged to actually get to. And I think the key here is to understand that mentoring is somebody who's walked the journey before you, not necessarily in the same industry. The point is they've achieved something you want to aspire or achieve at the same time. And to me, that can be a mentor. You know, we were very fortunate as um, Three Peaks, whilst we offer services countrywide to clientele, we've taken entrepreneurship to another level, I believe, because what we did was two years ago, we set up entrepreneur workshops within our environment, bringing together our clients who are entrepreneurs, allowing them a platform to tell their story. Because to me, one of my challenges when I first got into business was I didn't know the stories. I'd heard all the negatives. I hadn't heard the positives. And for me, I wanted to give that opportunity to entrepreneurs to say, come and tell us how you started in the garage and how this adapted to something more. Mm. And that's really what we were able to do. And it's grown by us being able to guide and assist some of these business owners whilst we try and do it in our area of expertise because we're not Mm -hmm. here as experts in everything. The number one thing I'd always say at the end of the day is it's really um, somebody that you know that you can trust. Because to me, there is no expert. There is no immediate coach. There's no immediate mentor. It's somebody that you believe and that you can relate and trust and move on with and guide you down a road of we've all got to achieve somewhere along the way. Yeah, definitely. So just to to tap into what Debbie has just said, what that means for you and your business is that if you are wanting to launch a mobile ice cream truck, it does not mean that your uncle, who is a... You know, if if your uncle owns a soccer ball manufacturing company, it doesn't mean you can't speak to him. What we're saying is you definitely can. It doesn't have to be uh, the exact same product or the exact same service offering that you're wanting to, you know, leverage on. He would have gone through, like Debbie's saying, he would have gone through the steps of, cool, I've been in corporate, I want to get out, what do I need to do? So, Go and chat to him and if you, or if it's not him, if it's your aunt or even if it's, even if you are friends with somebody whose parents are super successful and you like their story, I can assure you that every single, okay, I would say 95% of the successful entrepreneurs out there want to help you Mm. and don't remember this, that if you're going to allow the fear not to ask them for help, you're never going to know and you're never actually going to step out of where you are. So just be, all you have to do is Ask that friend, inquire. So, you know, I've, I've seen, I've heard vaguely that your parents are into this. I've seen them dominating their space. Do, do you think your dad would be able to give me maybe 15 minutes or 30 minutes of his time in, in, in the upcoming few weeks where I could just bounce off the ideas that I have? And I, I guarantee you that even if he says no, he will put you in touch with somebody who can. So we definitely do not want you to be bound by thinking that you don't have a mentor because I think a common theme we've had on Rookies and Rockstars over the last couple of months mm-hmm. is definitely everyone speaking into the benefits of mentorship. We see it all over the, all over South Africa and we also see it in the guests we've had. So Debbie, I think, I think it is, I think it is a vital, vital part of, of any entrepreneur entering the world of entrepreneurship. Absolutely. To be so, in business today, you need to have an entrepreneur business mentor around you. Definitely. And would you say, what is your opinion around the different kinds of mentors? Because for us, we had kind of, I personally, Sven needed way less transformational. Um, anybody who knows you, who knows us will, will know exactly why. The firecracker needs a little bit of taming. But I mean, in, in terms of also, in terms of business and understanding of my value and what we bring as a business and what I bring as a human being, that all took a lot of time for the mentors to get through with me. So in terms of, Different kinds of mentors, do you think it's important as well? So there might be a finance person. I mean, not everyone has 
the, you know, yeah, the privilege absolutely. of tapping into a pool of 65 mentors. But I mean, do you believe there's, there's worth in different people offering different things? Absolutely. I, I think what, uh, what has been key, if I had to look at my journey, is that I've tried to ensure whilst there are many industries out there and different industry experts, is to actually get to the one that you believe is actually ahead. Mm-hmm. Cutting edge keeping up with times I think that really when you look at mentoring today generally it's not just you know and I'm going to say this with due respect and we all have our families and support around us but sometimes it's not going to be a very close family member to you because they're not going to see it because there's an emotional attachment to that and they probably know you a little bit more than you know yourself so I'm always saying sometimes it's going to start off with there and it might not be the answer you're looking for it might not be the support you're looking for go out there and find somebody and I'm approached quite regularly to to sort of help and mentor business people and business entrepreneurs and some of them older younger to me the most important aspect and an honor is to know that I can walk a journey with somebody and I can learn from that person and vice versa that person can learn from me so we're really just partnering to help support the economy of South Africa and that's the way I see it it's it's quite a it's quite an open opportunity so if it's about me holding on to everything and not wanting to teach, am I really going to achieve in business? Because to me, success is duplication of what you do. Mm-hmm. And that's really the nutshell of the attitude that entrepreneurship is. There's always a willingness to go and help someone else because the more you help others, the more you're going to succeed. That That's so true. We were actually speaking about this the other day. The metaphor that somebody used in a different space was it's almost like being a disciple. Like the whole the whole mm-hmm. thing is, is that being a disciple is making sure that the person you're discipling can disciple. So it's the same with business. They were saying they, they just asked us to take 15 minutes of quiet time to think to ourselves, who were the people who invested in us in the beginning? And have we done that for other people yet? And if not... <laughs> Why not? So I think you're so right. And I think that if your, if your purpose behind the business is not, if one of the purposes is not to be making a difference in other entrepreneurs' lives, I think that there's something slightly off or not. I mean, you, Mike Stopforth, Mike Stopforth from Cerebra was in here the other day and he also made a valid point, which opened my eyes a little bit. He was saying, you know, Jade, you don't actually have to apologize for who you are. No. And we even Ryan and I were saying it. If you are in it to make money, that's awesome. But tell people that. And if you are offering average, go and tell people you're average and then deliver average. But don't go and tell people one thing and then deliver average when you've said you're amazing. And all no. those kinds. I mean, that's also, again, another whole, to- no, <laughs> another whole topic for another whole absolutely. different day. But I mean, it's, it's just so, I think what is so awesome about your story, Debbie, is the encouragement that I'd love to feed into where you are with your business and and understanding that you can. I think that South Africans have have got this. I think it came from the heritage and and who we are as conservatists, if that's mm-hmm. even a word. But we we don't believe we can because we don't see five years from now. We don't see that's what's making the truly different. That's what's making your business thrive is that you're seeing and you saw what could be when even the banks weren't. And you were like, hang on, there's my there's my trigger. We, despite tackling the banks, are going to do it because we're seeing five years from now. Absolutely. How how are payments going to happen? How are all these things going to happen? Do you know what I mean? So so let's let's chat about that now because I think another thing is when an entrepreneur thinks about the idea and it is going to mean tackling those biggies and mm-hmm. you think, oh my soul, I've got to now go and tackle the banks with my product how how do how is that gone i mean you can both speak about it we can start with you debbie and then ryan can also speak about it in the day-to-day market he's having to he's having to kind of sell it and communicate who the brand is so, so how did you tackle that in your mind when you knew that the product you wanted to work with was going to tackle the banks directly very interesting one because um, when I first left banking, natural fact, um, myself and my partner at the time we sat down and we put a product solution together. I actually introduced it to the very company that I worked for at the time. And whilst they were very open to it, and at the time it was seen to be this is definitely something we could grow um, into something more for entrepreneurs, because one of the challenges at the time, and I'm going back, what, 15 years ago uh, when I first left banking, one of the challenges we found, and I looked after a lot of salespeople, um, I'd worked in the different industries in banking, one of the challenges there was really to ensure that we could support the entrepreneurs, business owners out there, mm-hmm. and at the time, small team 
medium businesses was not, it was always going to be a target market, but at the same time there was such limited capacity that the banks could support or guide or assist with. Because why? Well, at the end of the day, number one, open up a business, you needed capital. Who's going to invest? Well, if you don't invest in yourself, how do we invest in you? So it, there was a lot of challenges, and, and I'm going back a few years perhaps to what it is today. But if I have to go forward now, and I think uh, I left banking, and a lot of people said to me, you're now going against the big engines, the four major banks. And I said, not at all. I'm not going against anyone. In actual fact, I'm now going out in a bigger way to complement the banks. And whilst I'm complementing, because now I'm not restricted to one unit bank, mm-hmm. I'm now going to support the bigger banks because now I'm going to make a difference out there and assist them in bringing more clients to them at the same time, just changing the thinking giving the entrepreneur more support and guidance. And that's what I did and just went out more with an attitude of I want to make a difference in the small to medium sector. Okay, so that sounds wonderful, but really that's flippin' scary for somebody else who might not. You're brave, right? So other people are a little, <laughs> probably a little bit less brave, but probably still have the same gut feel about knowing that the product will work. So, so, so how do they, how do they, do it. What is the, what is that, what is that tipping point? I mean, I mean, it's the tipping point of knowing that, I mean, look at our old guests from Ikorka. Mm-hmm. They've launched in competition to Pebble, right? They're a smaller brand, but the features are, I mean, are, are to be questioned on both. Ikorka came in here showing us the features, did a comparison, and they said, this is flippin' amazing. And we had entrepreneurs in with them doing, who actually use the product. So it's actually a payment device on your phone. When you go and buy a cappuccino, you can actually use your card at the little store. You plug the payment device into your mobile phone. Done. So for them, they're kind of in the same boat right now because they don't have Apps's budget. Sure. So, you know, that's what I'm talking about as well into the reality of you as the kippy in the beginning you're like i've got this great product i know we know it will work but flip standing before us are four larger entities who might eat us for breakfast i think and this is my opinion you know if you go out there today and you're going to be ahead and you're going to sort of compete if you if you consider it to be competing in the industry i worked in i approached and i made sure if anything i kept a very very close connection with the relationships i had in the banking sector and i was quite diverse to different banks because i had the relationships because to me it's not the bank or any one financial industry no it was the relationships that we had and to make to be uh, in actual fact it's just that's why we build businesses you build relationships and from there you grow businesses so i don't see it as a negative but most definitely Definitely. Look, each industry to their own. I didn't need a hell of a lot of capital to mm. get this thing up and running, but I did go to one of the bigger corporates outside of banking, totally out of, and I said, would you guys support me? Give me one year to prove. And if I do prove and I keep to what the rules and the regulations are, would you back me then? And today, 25 years of Three Peaks being around whilst I've been part of the team for 15 we are still have we in actual way we have great relationships with these people because they've seen what we can do and we help and mentor a lot of that in between so yes um whilst it was not capital intense it was most definitely a huge influence integrity ethics and i think that to me had there was a lot more on my name as debbie jones brand that i had to work hard to keep because oh. it was only as good as tomorrow and okay. that's sort of what I've been able to do. So going back to entrepreneurs, absolutely. There's no, I don't believe there's any one answer. You have to look at your industry. You have to be quite specific and you need to knit with your industry. You need to know what your competitors are doing at that's any one time. Word. That's a good word. Yeah, knit. You need to knit with them. Uh, when I say knit, I think um, your competitors are always going to be out there. Tomorrow there's a new kid on the block. Mm. So to me, that's healthy because it mm. keeps you on your toes. It's cutting edge all the time, and you never have chance to be comfort. Oh, complacency, just, yeah. Absolutely. You've just got to keep going and knowing. And if that's a fear for you, well, then, yeah, get out of the comfort zone. Absolutely. Definitely. So I think an, another key word that we are going to come back to right after the music is relationships because a, a heavy theme for us on this on Rookies and Rockstars is Networking, because I'm a firm believer in it, but I'm also a firm believer in doing it the right way. And I know that you have founded a lot of what you believe on, on those principles. Mm-hmm. You actually manage certain, um, 
channels where you're able to guide and mentor other people through that thing. So let's just have a little jingle and we will be back on Rookies and Rockstars talking networking and also finding out about the business that Debbie and her son are managing. Cliffcentral.com Every minute of every day There's something I've been meaning to do for you If I could get closer, call you my own There's something I've been feeling, need to show you and do I'll take you up, I'll never let you down Soldier up and I will hold my ground Set on the front line Get down in the trenches I am your warrior Step on enemy lines Take a bullet to the heart I'm your warrior, babe I'll be tall Just for you I'll go to war When the sun Johnny Apple to get the emotions going there. So we are back on Rookies and Rockstars and just so much information is flowing from the wonderful Debbie Jones who is able to feed into any questions that you might have regarding making the transition from corporate into running your own business. So Debbie, we were kind of just about to start with networking because I think that this is something South Africans do well. And I think that we're a nation that really does encourage and allow and facilitate for networking. But I think there are also other individuals who don't know how to do it, Mm. especially. And I also don't even believe it's entry-level businesses. I think there's even some people who've been in business for 15 years who still don't actually have the networking knack. So if we can just – if you can just – if we can chat about that from your end. And I know that you you can even – we. You chat around how you facilitate that on a course level or whatever you're calling it. Let's talk about it. Thank you. Um, networking, interesting one. When I was in the corporate environment, it was actually, and I'm sure those of you out there who have been in corporate and specifically sales, you know, when you're on the golf course or if you're out there, what does the boss normally say? You're doing nothing. 
you're a waste of time, you're probably a liability, you're costing more than what you're worth. So there's a lot of that going on, and it still happens today, and I'm going back once again to a couple of years ago. And one of the things I constantly try to prove to the team that I worked with, uh, whilst I had teams underneath me and I had obviously superiors to report up to, I kept saying at the end of the day, our relationships is what we need to focus on. Mm -hmm. That's how we're building business and obviously how we get our business. And um, I want to support the guys out there because I really believe that's what Three Peaks has gone out and done in a big, big way. We never had huge marketing budgets. We didn't have an advertising budget. We just had to get out there and get the brand, get the exposure. Um, when we did our launch, which was in 2002, we did our launch of Debiture, which was one of the products which was a really key um, driver behind. We put some money into it. We sort of went into Gallagher State, put the money in and opened up, and we were really, really amazed by the amount of entrepreneurs that approached us. And the key thing that we found to support that and go back and to make this happen was to actually get out there and keep the networking, building those relationships. So for every single opportunity that came up, and in those days it was like 10, 11, 12 networks running at any one time, mm. that's what I did. And I felt like I was a limited professional networker. But that's what it took to get out there, get the name, because that was the most cost-effective. may have costed you a breakfast and a cup of coffee, but I didn't see it as a cost. It was an investment in myself. It was an investment in the business. And every cup of coffee or wherever you went, you needed to look at it that way. But one of the things I've learned over the years is every network that I've attended, and it's something I instill in my teams today, is I am very focused. I go in with a clear objective now into a network. I look at the target market that's approached. I actually want to know who is arriving? Who's going to be there? Who the speakers are? I'm more interested in the speaker or who's going to be there than the breakfast. Because to me, that's the reason I want to be there. Number two is the key thing that I find interesting is that whilst we're there and we're networking, I never walk away from a network without it. three business cards. And I want to pick who those three business cards are from. I don't walk in there to collect 27 or 47 because to me it's just going to be put onto a database and it's going to be probably used as spam and I'm not interested in that because it's not, it's not within our culture of what we do. So we are very specific. We go in, we find three or four business cards, we walk away and we make it our business to connect with those people. Not pick up the phone and sell them anything. No, it's to pick up the phone, make an appointment and sit down with these people and say, right, who are you? What do you do and who are you in the sense of what makes you tick? Because mm. that's really how we've been able to build relationships. And that has put us in good stead today in business because people remember us from sometimes I get calls from past where they say, do you remember me? And I'm saying, gosh, you know, sorry, no, I don't. But it's purely by what you said when you spoke on networking. So, yes, I've been able and I've been fortunate to speak on networking quite a lot because I'm really passionate about it because once again it comes down to people. Absolutely. absolutely that's absolutely what I like so so one of the things that I like that you've identified for your own strategies when you go in is narrowing down the 47 cards to three but if we unpack that what is that actually how do you actually break that down in your own mind so how do you decide on who the three are and what do you look for most of the time, networks today give an opportunity for a person to stand up, introduce themselves, introduce their businesses. If not, then it's a little bit more difficult, mm -hmm. but it's, once again, you, you build up a skill that you go and find out who's, who is related to your industry, who is your core target market you're looking for, and when you've eventually figured out what your focus for the week, month, year, whatever it is, there are people sitting in the room are, who are going to either be within that or they're going to know people. So, for example, we would like, uh, for example, we'll be looking for gyms for the week. That's our core. But then you've got people that are into health and wellness and nutrition, and you've got pharmacists. and you've got, So everything that relates to that industry, and I specifically target those people to sit down and say, because they're going to know who I want to talk to. And that's really how we get very zoned in. And when you zone in on something, you get a result. And I think also... Something that I'm finding now as I strengthen the new habit, because it's new, it wasn't an existing habit, but just in terms of planning, I find even for meetings, how it changes, you know, how it changes the whole scope of when Jawbone are pitching to an FMCG corporate, just understanding the dynamic of their business and them knowing that we've cared enough to understand them, yeah. you know. So it's the same with a networking thing. I think that... If we are going to go, like if you look at Colleen from Business yes, Engage, yes. I I had looked it up. I chatted with her about it. I didn't really know exactly who the ladies were until I got there. But 
now that you're mentioning these points to me, going forward, if I do go, even though I love the networking and I love what it offers, I, I'm still determined at making it a better thing so that it isn't tarnished in our, in our industry. Because I think these other networking events are actually making it quite gross. Like you almost feel, you, you almost feel like you, I, I kind of almost feel, um, it, it's quite invasive yes. because there's just like, hi card, hi card, mm. hi card. Like, no, I don't even, why would I, unless your card is telling me I'm going to get 50 Rand off my next Nando's chicken burger. <laughs> like, really? I don't even know you. And that feeds back to your point about relationships. So that's, that's a goodie uh, in terms of that. But how would you tackle, cause we had one of our, our guests asking, how you tackle like a super high profile business person because sometimes they do allow you. They know that part of the territory is giving back. So they sometimes open themselves up at the end of the talk to kind of engage with you. What would be advice on how to approach that? I think if it's a, if it's a networking event where there's a speaker or somebody which you want to be in touch with, which I've been able to do myself, um, and you mentioned um, Sage, I mean – to me, Stephen, definitely, I made it my business to go up to him and say, my name's Deborah Jones, I'm from Three Peaks, I'm probably seen as your competitor, but I'm not. I'm here really to, first of all, number one, compliment you on what you've said today, I've learned a lot from it. And number two, at the end of the day, how is it that we could connect? You know, how, how can we connect? Are you open to it? Uh, do you pass me on to somebody or whatever? But I'd like to know, because ultimately, there's a connection here. And I'm quite real about it. I believe authenticity is a big one, mm-hmm. specifically. Uh, is to ensure that you know up front and that person also understands up front what are you in this for. It's not about a take. For me, I'm very open to give. And it probably takes one, two, three meetings prior to you actually even discussing your business and what you sell. Because to me, if you don't know the person, it might not even be the person you want to connect with. So a business card doesn't quite do it for me. It means something that it's a door open and you open that I can make contact with you. Definitely. So I think also um, feeding into the theme of farming as opposed to always hunting, because I think that as salespeople, we are born into a world of the hunt, you know, and I think that the culture has changed in this country where you can't just be the Mm. hunter. And with so many people doing the same thing as what you are, if you're all going to be hunters, how are you differentiating yourself? So there's got to be the farming where you have the two to three, you know, get to know each other. Oh, Lucy's a horse rider and Benjamin plays karate or whatever it is. I'm a firm believer in going back to those old values. So, you know, I think, Ryan, you you do it extremely well with with what your role is in in Three Peaks and specifically with debiture. And I want to touch on that with you so that we can allow people to understand what debiture is and how you are benefiting other smaller and larger businesses in the industry. So I know that it's – I've kind of had a brief explanation from you, but I think it's important that if you are a business where you require – payment facilitation, what Ryan has to say could really benefit you in terms of understanding the pain they take away from you in terms of managing the specific part of your business. So take it away, Ryan Jones. Well, yeah, I think um, if I had to encapsulate what debiture is all about, if you, you know, receiving payments on a monthly basis, whether it's the same amount or a varying amount, it's all about assisting and seamlessly streamlining that process. Um, we, we, the debiture system is an electronic debit order collection service. So, yeah, assisting those companies that have the multiple clients that are, you know, sending out invoices, wanting to get those clients to pay, etc., and your debtors book amounting up. We obviously set up the debit order facility for you and assist in collecting those fees via, via our debit order facility. And, um, yeah, the, the rewards oftentimes I sit down with clients and they're apprehensive in the beginning and they're hesitant and is this the right way to approach clients, etc. But, you know, a month down the line, two months down the line, I always say give it a good three months, a three months trial, etc. And you'll see drastically how it improves your cash flow. You know, it's all about streamlining. It's all about seamlessly um, putting the guys onto that debit order so that your book is focused on the debit orders, etc. And then, yeah, once those three months are off, over, I normally sit down with my clients, etc., and see how it's going. And inevitably, they've always tried to put most of their guys onto debit order because it just makes their life so easy. Absolutely, and I think one of your recent not acquisitions, but uh, one of your recent new additions to the portfolio is CrossFit, which is a wonderful brand. I think that also it does, I mean, obviously there's always going to be brands who aren't known to the public who are wonderful, but I think CrossFit's a good one because that also helps um, in, in 
anyone to understand exactly what you've just said because you're a wise old owl, you are. So for us who aren't used to the finance industry, all those words you used sound super clever. But I think if you can break down CrossFit's example, that'll help anybody who wants to investigate this with the debiture or Three Peaks understand exactly what you offer. No, definitely. I'm a passionate health enthusiast myself, so that's why I really enjoy working with the fitness industry and I've come into contact with quite a few of the CrossFit gyms that's exploding throughout South Africa right now, or exploding throughout the world. But yeah, when I sit down with gym guys, generally, you know, not all of them, but generally a lot of them don't like the finance side. They just want the convenience to know that they can collect their money. They don't want to have to assist or badger. So membership fees, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. They don't want to have to badger their clients to collect those membership fees, etc. So we sit down, we put a, a game plan together, etc. We, we assist them in motivating it to their clients. How do they approach their clients? Because, yeah, inevitably, you know, clients don't really want a debit order per se because they think it's just going to run and run and run. And you can't stop it. So it's 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 a bit of knowledge going coming through there. And, um, you know, once guys understand how to approach or once my clients understand how to approach their memberships or their members to click them on debit order, etc., it becomes quite a seamless process. But it's always, you know, just going like going into business. We're starting a debit order bureau. I mean, starting debit order collection for, through for your company. You know, it takes that, that leap of faith. You know, you want to approach the clients in the right way. You don't want them to be cancelling. But, um, you know, if they know that it's the relationship that you got your, your, your finger on the pulse, that you're controlling the debit orders, there's a lot more faith and there's that belief and that's why guys start going over to debit orders. And then all you've got to focus on is building the relationship and making, helping them achieve their goals because the money's being collected in the background. And I think what is so exciting for debiture is that really, if I'm understanding it correctly, we can be targeting a franchise like Swimmable in Cape Town who are looking to branch out in time who have moms paying for the swimming lessons Mm -hmm. right up to Vodacom who've got thousands and thousands of debit orders going off every month. Is that correct? Exactly, yeah. Wowzies. So we need a thousand more Ryans to get the debiture word out there. (laughs) We're working on it. (laughs) Excellent. So I think that that's really, you know, in terms of the, the Three Peaks portfolio, that's one of the products. What what are the other things that de- the Three Peaks are offering that is kind of also streamlining, you know, the service offering to, to entrepreneurs out there and business owners? Okay, debiture is obviously our core product. That's yes. really uh, – and, and whilst we consider to be debit orders, I mean, which is a negative connotation in the market because people just don't understand the difference between a debit order, stop order, all this stuff, you know, debits my account takes funds. So uh, we, we try and educate our customers, mm-hmm. you know, because at the end of the day, being in business today is about cash flow. It, it's the – you know, we hear about it every day. Cash flow is king. Yeah, but we don't quite get it that uh, we are the core driver behind that cash flow. 100%. So, yes, going to other products we do obviously the collection of money which is our core we go into the net pays which we assist a lot of the payroll bureaus where we do net pays for payments itself at uh, commissions wages whatever and then a big part of our business now and it's become over the last few years a really really key a component to complementation to what we do is really on the data management side. People are out there running businesses. It doesn't mean they're experts or they don't want to leave it to somebody who controls obviously their cash flow because they know inevitably it's going to be a problem. And for me, setting the platforms in business today, if you don't have that part right, it doesn't matter what you sell or the product or the, or the marketing for that matter. You've got to get the platforms right, get the systems right first. And we go into businesses, sit down, analyze exactly where you are, look at the age analysis. If that is on a 30-day and you're running it all well, great, wonderful. But if it's not in its real incomes and it's a challenge and you align your consumer client to control your cash flow, you the one that needs to make the call. You're the one probably holding it. And I always say, how serious do you want to be taken in the market? You know, do you believe your bank asks you to pay the bond when it suits you? No. It's all dictated. <laughs> Debit order is an instruction. It's collected on a specific day. They control their cash flow. So why is it we are small to medium businesses and medium businesses going up to some of the bigger businesses? Just sort of still stay on the same thinking as to I'm sure they'll pay us. I'm sure. Mm. And I'm saying sure doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, good old days, 20, 30 years ago, it was a gentleman's handshake. Definitely, Jade, I'm going to pay you. 
Today, it's a different mindset. It's a bloody nightmare. It's a nightmare, absolutely. So the responsibility falls back on the business owner. If you want to get into business, set the platforms, take your business seriously, allow your consumer client to know how serious you are about your cash flow, and allow, if you don't have that within you, to the external or, or, sorry, internal expertise, outsource. And that's where we come in. We, We sort of come in, we handle all the money management part, and it's all either electronic. We go as far as helping our clients, those who don't want to be too electronic. It's really we try and meet the client where they are. So the solutions going forward, it's all about money management, being the, obviously being a complete uh, collection gateway, and mm-hmm. then going on to other solutions which we're working on right now. Okay, so we're almost out of time, but I mean, in terms of anybody wanting to investigate this for their SME or a large-scale corporate, how do people get in touch with Three Peaks or the debiture team or I'm not sure what are you calling that that service offering you've just said um, now. Debiture being debit oh, so, oh, or debtor cre- management. Yes, yes. Okay. So is that right. what it's all called? The, so debiture is co- debiture is obviously facilitating the payments and the membership fee kind of structure, and then the outsourcing that you were just referring to. If they were to call and ask, what would they be asking about? Is well, that is that the management side of it? Absolutely. It's okay. a complete management tool which we obviously offer within uh, the business itself. Okay. Because going back to how could they, we have our website. I mean, they can go via our website if they wish. They can call into us. We have. Um, and what are those? Our telephone numbers, obviously. We're based as head office in Durban, 0861. Three seven three two five seven, which is a share call number, and secondly our website www dot either you can go three peaks, which is like the number three t h r w e peaks as in mountain peaks one word three peaks dot co dot za, or you can go www dot dot co dot za. So and somebody will ensure to call you back if you wish, and we can have someone come and see you or. Deal with you on the telephone, online, whichever way suits you best. Wonderful. And then obviously, Ryan, you're also available. If anybody wants to connect with Three Peaks or Debature uh, on Twitter, you are on at Three Peaks. Uh, it, it will be on our Rookies Rockstars handle from today and also via cliffcentral.com. So you can see that them there. You can DM Ryan, get involved with him through Twitter as well. So it is really important that you start to think about solutions in your business that can really save you time and money. And remember when the TV came out, everyone was super afraid, but we're all embracing it now. I mean, now you have got Samsung come out with that flat curved thing. So, I mean, really (laughs) don't be afraid of new structures or solutions for your business embrace them it might be a little bit of a niggle in the beginning but embrace them and there are guys like ryan and his mom debbie who are offering wonderful solutions for your business especially account side because most of us entrepreneurs hate it so let the experts do it for you and i mean beyond that thank you guys so much for joining us what a treat jade it's been an absolute pleasure thank you for your time and and appreciate Duncan. the opportunity. Dunks. Thank you, Duncan. Thanks, Duncan. Thanks, Duncan. Thanks. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> just uh, unfortunately, Simba is away. I think still in Paris, enjoying croissants and wine as he does, being the top billing wow. superhero. What a pleasure. So, um, fortunately, he's not here today. But from us, thank you. And remember that doesn't matter where you are in your business or whatever you're doing. Be encouraged by Debbie's story. Don't be held back by fear. Ask questions. Find people who can help you and get going on your entrepreneurial journey. We will see you next Wednesday. See you. We'll be back next Wednesday. So join us then. Ciao.